So have you felt it? Have you felt the urge to prepare? Prepare for what lies ahead, whether it's physically or spiritually. Being prepared takes one step at a time. Are you being inspired? But where do you start and where do you go? This podcast is all about women sharing their wisdom to help other women be more prepared because when you are prepared, you shall not fear. So join us today and let's prepare together. Hi everyone. I want to welcome you out to the podcast today and we are so blessed. We have Courtney Shore on the podcast with us today and she is an amazing person. You know, I didn't really know Courtney, but we had um, our girls do Girl Scouts together and they asked if I could come and do a, you know, like just do help them do a commercial for Girl Scouts. And so I went there to you know, video it. And Courtney, I started talking and I was like, Courtney, we were supposed to meet. Like, don't you feel Courtney? Like absolutely, (laughs) a lot of stuff in common. And I was like, I want you on the podcast because she is all about, she does homesteading, but it's all about preparing. It's about all becoming self-sufficient and learning how to you know, how our bodies work and how to take care of it in the most natural way. And that is so important when we learn to prepare for whatever lies ahead, because we have to have a healthy body and we have to know how to take care of things when we don't have resources around. And so Courtney, I want to just start off by let's first say that you have an awesome Instagram account. Do you want to tell people what that Instagram account is? Um, my, so my Instagram is called Bushel and a Pet Homestead. Um, it's kind of typed out weird, but, um, if you just want to put it, maybe I'll put it in the link. Yes, definitely. I'll put it in the link. And so people can see it, but even if you just started putting in at Bushel, then you might be able to even pull it up and stuff like that because she has amazing things in there. And so I want you guys to go check that out and see all the stuff that she contributes to everybody. I love it when people want to just give knowledge to others. So, you know, thank you for that. Oh, so we're going to start off by asking you, um, why did you decide to get into homesteading and what's your story? Um, well, I was always raised in a household where we gardened and canned and kind of, you know, we made our own bread and things like that. And so even from just a little kid, I always had this, desire to grow up and have a big farm and have a lot of acreage. And I would think I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have horses and all this stuff. And so in my mind, I kind of had this image of wanting to live on a homestead. Um, but after college and I got married and we went and kind of started looking for our first house and it ended up that, you know, a home with a lot of acreage, it was not in our budget. (laughs) I was just graduated from college. So we ended up um, in a suburban area on just a sixth of an acre. And I was so kind of discouraged at first thinking, well, there's not really much I can do here as far as kind of my dream homestead. Um, so I built myself a little garden box and I kind of just got started into gardening and my love of gardening has always been there. And so each year I kind of asked my husband if we could make it a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. And, and so my garden grew. And as my garden got bigger, I started learning new things 
more canning because canning and gardening kind of go hand in hand. And, and then I wanted to do bread making and, and it just kind of <laughs> continued to kind of snowball. And, and I learned that um, it kind of reframed itself. Right. So I, I realized that homesteading was more of a mindset um, more of like a way of life rather than having to have all this acreage, having to have all this land. I was able to do all these different things just in my tiny sixth of an acre um, that kind of made this little backyard into a backyard homestead. Um, so I kind of just developed slowly over time. I mean, I one thing kind of grew into the next thing and kind of grew into the next thing and my desire to learn more just keeps going, <laughs> keeps going. And, you know, I think that that is amazing that you are homesteading on a six of an acre. That yeah. is, um, that tells me right there that, you know what, not everybody can have the horse property. Not yeah. everybody can have this farm that's out there, but you're doing on a sixth of an acre. And I think that that is so amazing. So what are some of these things that you have on your sixth of your acre that you, what are <laughs> things have you put in there to make it so sufficient? Because I was there at your house and I was just as like, wow, like you have a lot on here. So do you want to tell us like what you have on that sixth of an acre? Yes. Um, so like I said, we started with just a small garden box and then each year, I kind of convinced my husband to let me take out a little bit more of his grass. <laughs> my husband's kind of a grass guy. And so I, I take just a little chunk more each year. And then um, now I'm to the point where about half of my backyard is, is homestead now. So it's, um, I have about 500 square feet of garden in my backyard. And Which I have, is what size? that's only about what size is that? So um, like, what is, is it 10 by, what was it? So I have, it's like, um, so I have it kind of in chunks. I have one giant or big, I guess, space that's about a 20 by probably 25 space. Um, and then I have a long, an, another 20 square feet garden box. I kind of just sneak it in wherever I can. So I have a ton of container gardening on my patio. Um, this next, so, well, this next spring, I'm adding an additional five garden boxes to my backyard. Oh, wow. So I'm just, I just kind of, um, I just kind of put it where I can. So it's not all in one big space. I've, um, made it kind of look more aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> so I would think it, that too, if you're going to have that much gardening in such a small area, it'd be best to kind of break that up and not have like half of your yard is just the garden, you know? Yeah. So we have about a third of the backyard is the biggest part portion of the garden. Um, and then I took out a big chunk of grass this last October and we put in a big shed so I can keep uh, my beekeeping stuff in there and all my gardening stuff. And then we've added uh, Cortunix quail, which um, because we can't raise chickens in our HOA, uh, Cortunix quail is our alternative for meat and eggs. And they take up such um, a smaller area compared to like a chicken coop that we're able to, essentially we raise enough quail that it's about the equivalent of six to eight chickens. So, um, so one, one chicken is six to eight quails. 
for yes. the egg or for their, for how much space that they need basically, or. Yes. So Cortinix only need one square foot a bird. Um, and so we have all of our birds in stacked cages. And so they end up only being in about a two and a half foot by eight foot space. Um, and they don't free range. They don't, they prefer not to free range. Um, so they, they're in this cage and we're able to keep them all. And it, it ends up not taking a huge space of our backyard, but it, you know, it gives us the opportunity to still be raising, um, a bird that gives us meat and eggs. Well, and I saw that cage and at the time it was wrapped up, but you showed me a picture and it is actually a really cool cage. It's very pretty. It's not like you have a chicken coop that is sometimes, you know, not the best looking, but it's actually a really pretty um, addition that I think you, you added to your backyard. Yeah. One of the problems with um, having a small space or, or homesteading in a small space is that our entertaining area is also our homesteading area. And so we kind of had to come up with something that. I mean, it's right on our patio where we barbecue. And so it looks beautiful and it, um, it doesn't take away from kind of the, the entertaining area. Um, people actually really love it. It's kind of a topic. I mean, it's kind of like a fun conversation, piece. Yeah, (laughs) but, um, it makes it so that we can, uh, still raise those without completely taking over our entire backyard too. And the quail eggs, yeah, they're small, but they're beautiful. They They are are such pretty eggs that, you know, we have chickens and we do have like the the Easter egg chickens. So we get all different kinds of colors, but the quail eggs are just a little different. They're really cute and small, but just the outside of them are really pretty Mm -hmm. the way that they are. They're just different than regular chicken eggs. They're fun. They're definitely fun. So what else do you have on there? Cause you have your garden, you have quails. You mentioned that you have bees. We do. We have two beehives um, and we just have them on the side of our house. So they aren't out in our living space, but we still can easily access those. Um, and we have a micro orchard. <laughs> so we've, um, we live in an HOA and they're actually very kind of specific about what plants we can plant in our front yard. Um, but I kind of, am a rebel gardener. And so I just have slowly replaced, (laughs) I've slowly replaced my trees in my front yard with fruit trees. Um, I just have this, I just have this feeling like I, why not have a tree that also gives us food and can be beautiful. So I tend to kind of plant what I can hiding in my front yard as well. So you have your fruit trees in the front. You don't have them in your backyard then? I do. I have fruit trees right along my driveway in my front yard. Oh, good. Well, that is amazing that you have all of this stuff crammed onto a sixth of an acre. And when I look at that, I'm like, anybody can do that. Anybody, not most people have more than a sixth acre if you're in the suburbs. You know, if you're in, you know, if you're in the middle of town then you might have to do container gardening and it might be different, but sixth of an acre to do your homesteading. I mean, and all that stuff on there, you can really be so prepared for anything that comes about. Like, you know, if, if you can't go to the store, guess what? You have things to take care of you. And that, that's what I love is that 
you have all of these resources just right on your part on your property. I always say that I like to go outside of my backyard and feel like I'm in a garden of Eden. And you probably feel like that too. It's like, you can go out there and just pick and take from what you have that you've grown back there or you're raising back there. And so um, through this process, I know that you have learned a lot. What are some things that you feel that you've learned that you want to share with us? Um, I think for me, the biggest, well, the most important thing that I've learned is the homesteading community, not, not even just here in Utah, but worldwide is so encouraging and so amazing. I feel like there are so many homesteading skills when you look at homesteading as a whole. I mean, there's soap making, bread making, sewing, gardening, you know, raising poultry. It just is, it can feel overwhelming. And when you start to learn new skills, I feel like the homesteading community has just so many people that are willing to share their knowledge and they want you to succeed and they want, they're just your biggest cheerleaders, right? They, they want to see you be able to be self-sufficient and to be successful in homesteading. And that's a big part of why I ended up going on Instagram was because not only am I learning from a lot of different people, I feel like it gives me an outlet that I can share what I've learned and in return, you see a lot of people saying, well, I had no idea it was even that easy. I had no idea that I could do this. And, and you see that spark start and you see that, you know, the homesteading kind of uh, mentality start to spread to people. And it's just so exciting. And it's so, it's just so encouraging when you have this whole group of people that are willing to help you succeed. It's not competitive. It's so encouraging and like loving and it just is, it's amazing. I love it. That's, I think that's the biggest thing for me because at the beginning you feel like, oh, there's so much to learn. <laughs> there's so much to do. It's overwhelming and it just ends up being that you're making friendships while you're learning these awesome skills and then you end up spreading that to others. It's just, it's an awesome, awesome world. It's an awesome community to be part of. So, you know, I started thinking that, you know, hopefully this inspires people to just start something, start small, or what are something do you think that it would be so easy for somebody to just start doing, to be able to, I'm not saying become a homesteader exactly like you, but just something small that they can do to start to become more self-sufficient or learn more about homesteading, like What's something small that they can incorporate? Do you think? Um, I'm like I was saying earlier. There's a ton of different aspects of homesteading. Most of them are not terribly difficult. It's just learning, you know, the steps to take to get into it. I think a good one for anybody in any amount of space is obviously things like um, sourdough bread making. Um, or even gardening. Even when I lived in an apartment before I lived in a house, I had a container garden that just was basically tomatoes and zucchini and cucumber because they're they're easy to grow and I and I didn't need tons of space for them. Um, I ended up actually doing most of it vertical, which I still do a lot of vertical gardening now to save space. Um, but I think so gardening is a great one. Gardening is, a, I feel like, a gateway homestead skill because once you start gardening, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm, I need to can this stuff. <laughs> so you learn to can and then you're like, well, what else can I make? 
in my home that, that, you know, takes me out of the supply chain. You can make soap, you can make bread, you can make everything. So um, I feel like sourdough bread is a great one. I, I love sourdough. It's, it's not super difficult. Actually, I feel like once you start, you're like, wow, I had no idea there's this, you know, whole world of sourdough and, you know, minimal ingredients. And really it just, it's a beautiful skill that can just grow more and more and more, but start so basic. You know, what I love about making sourdough bread is that you don't have to be exact and perfect with sourdough bread. They, it for, it's very forgiving. And a lot of people think that the sourdough bread can be a lot harder. I actually think that regular bread, bread can be a lot harder because when you have the yeast and the, you know, the temperature's not right, whatever, but with sourdough, it's like it, you don't have to put in the exact ingredients. Yeah. I look at it when I make it and be like, you know, how is it spinning in the bowl or how does it feel? Or, you know, that's what I go off of. I don't necessarily go off of an exact recipe and it's like, it always turns out, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like what you're talking about, I feel like one of the easiest things that somebody can incorporate. And you talked about that was like fermentation because to make ferment and it is so healthy for you. Fermentation, all that kind of stuff. When you're making your sourdough, all of these things are so healthy for our, um, our microbiome. And some of you guys probably follow me with my other stuff with the be healthy, Utah natural health and wellness conference. And that's what we talk a lot about is how can we become healthy? And that's one thing I love about homesteading is you're getting back to those basics and it's those basics that actually make it healthy. It's all these other things that we've added into it that have made it so it's not healthy. But if we get back to, you know, you know, gardening and um, getting the natural honeys and eating those eggs that are, you know, not that, that we grow our, you know, that we actually are able to produce in our own backyard and, you know, doing the fermentations and things like that of really treating our grains good and, and um, making those you know, the vegetables, a super probiotic and all that stuff, all of those things are so healthy for us. And so those are like you talked about just the fermentation of the breads or the vegetables and things like that, the vinegars that can be so healthy for us. So I know that, um, homesteading takes some trial and error, right? (laughs) Everything is not perfect all the time. And so what are, what are, do you want to share with us some fails that you had that one or multiple fails that you had? Cause I know that there's probably multiple out there. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely multiple. Um, um, a big fail, let's see last or this last summer. Um, I actually was trying to make fermented food for my quail. I don't know if you do that for your chickens make fermented feed. So what I do is if I have a fail batch of my fermented vegetables, then I either take it out to them (laughs) and I have, because it's still good enough for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and or else I put it in my garden if it's too bad. (laughs) Yes. Cause you do have fails. And so what, what happened then? So, um, so with quail, you can ferment their feed. So you can buy the, the grain feed from like your local feed store and you, 
and you can ferment it over a couple of days and then give it to them and it helps them have a healthy gut and it helps actually can save money because the food kind of expands. But so I was super excited. I was like, oh yeah, fermented food. I'm going to do this. And I went out after my, my three day wait period, you know, I've been taking care of it and I opened the bucket and it was full of maggots. And I just <laughs> thought I was going to die. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't even know how or why, but it was just, oh, it was so awful. My kid, my, my youngest who has just such a like wor- the worst gag reflex ever just is over in the corner dying. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fermented food might not be <laughs> for me. It might not be the way we go. <laughs> so it is something that I would like to try again, but I've, I've been a little, um, weary. What did you end up doing with it? Um, I think it actually went in my compost pile. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's, it wasn't fed to them. It was, it was bad. <laughs> no, the thing is, is that the, I want people to realize though, that, you know, we are going to fail and there's going to be, be some things that you try that are not going to work out. And so, but what did you do? You had to just keep on like, I'm going to try that again, but I'm still going to perfect other things. And, and we just have to keep on trying and keep on trying. And if we get discouraged by a fail that we have, when we're trying to do this, then we're never going to be able to, um, learn more and progress more. And so those fails that we have, I feel that can, we learn a lot from them. And that just gives us opportunity to just, you know, dive deeper into like, what did I do wrong? Or what are some other things? And I also feel that learning that helps us learn other things Mm -hmm. in other areas of, of homesteading or, you know, like taking care of our health or preparing. It helps us to be able to learn what are the things we did wrong. So then now we can incorporate it for other things. Yeah. Um, I am just inspired by you. I feel that many people when they listen to this are also going to be inspired. And so why, why this is a a podcast about preparing, you know, preparing for the future, preparing for, um, what, you know, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world around us. And it's like, it's been like that for a while and it's going to continue to be like that. And so I want people to, the reason why we do this podcast is to so that they can learn. They want them to prepare with us. I want them to be able to learn how to prepare more. And so what do you feel gave you that, um, desire within you to want, to want to prepare, to want, you know, to want more. Oh, so like I, like I said before, um, I was kind of raised in a family that was very focused on preparedness as a child. I mean, we had a great food storage. We had a great garden. We had canning. We made bread. My mom was just this amazing, amazing person. Um, So it always has been in me to want to do it. Um, But I feel like, so my homestead has grown and grown and grown. But really when the pandemic hit and it was that moment of, how, how do you feed your family if a grocery store is not open, right? How do you feed your kids? How do you take care of your kids if 
everything is gone that you can buy. Um, so I think that was a huge push for me. It's, you know, in the last two years to go even further into what I've been doing, um, taking care of my family, having a healthy family, you know, having, having the, um, you know, not just food, but medicines and things like that, that I can grow and make in my own became so much more important. You know, it came to the forefront, right? Like the, how can I do this on my own, even in a small space, even working, you know, I'm a teacher, so I'm not home all the time. Um, how do I do all this and, and make sure that my family or even others that I can take care of if something, if something big is to happen, or even not if something big, maybe it's just a job loss, or maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but for me, being prepared is so important that it, it really gave me that huge push to take my homesteading further um, and to make it, you know, a, an important part of my life, an important part of my, even my children and my kids' lives. Um, so we do, we do a lot and I'm always learning and I'm always still trying to find new skills that I can add and, and, um, new ways that I can, um, kind of have our homestead ready for anything. <laughs> um, I wish we could do more, but I'm sure I'll find oh, a way. You'll, you'll figure out more. You'll figure <laughs> out more. <laughs> you know, I love the fact though, that you said that, everything you learn, you're going to be helping and blessing others. And I think that that's what it comes to down to is I feel that every skill that I learn, I can bless others because of that. And so we don't know what's coming ahead. We don't know if we are going to have an earthquake tomorrow. Like we don't know, we don't know, like what, there's just a lot of disasters that can happen to us in a moment. And I feel that everything that we learn, if it's to bless and serve and help others, then it's for the good. And sometimes people think it might be, be um, wasted knowledge, but I feel that anything we learn is blessing others. Um, because when that disaster happens, you know, you might be a gathering place where people are coming to learn. You know, my house might be a gathering place where people are coming to learn because um, we've been able to acquire that knowledge to help and bless and serve others. You know, um, on your Instagram, I want to tell people to go there and follow you because it, it is amazing. And on there, you learn so many things about um, fermentation and canning. You teach people how to make slabs. I saw that. Um, teach people, you know, introducing them to beekeeping and how to raise quails and harvest your eggs and um, soap making, um, growing seeds. You've gone really into freeze drying. I know that we've talked mm -hmm. about that gardening. And, um, one thing that you have on there that is kind of like a buzzword is how to make the elderberry syrup. Yes. There. Yes. And so there's that when everything happened with COVID, you couldn't find elderberries, <laughs> like no. you couldn't find the elderberry syrup. And so I think, you know, go, even if you want to go there and just learn on your Instagram account, how to make that, that <laughs> is something that's really important for us. Um, and it's like, you know, it's like your own homemade medicines. You have mm -hmm. a lot of different things on there to help people 
to be able to learn how to do so that they can prepare for what comes ahead. So Courtney, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming out and um, with us on the podcast. Oh, I wanted to talk about this really quick is that I saw that you have a, aren't you doing a challenge right now? I am. I am. Yes. Can you just hurry up and quick and tell people about that? I know that is the first week already started or is it in the middle of the first week? What is we it? Are, um, we're just finishing the first week and I'll post a new, um, a new aspect on Sunday. Um, so I had, I've had so many questions about preparedness and it always seems to be that everyone is so overwhelmed. Everyone doesn't know how to start. Um, and so I just felt like, <laughs> I felt like I can help. I can help people be prepared um, for the basics, right? So we are doing a challenge and it'll probably be about 20 weeks long, I imagine. Um, it's not gonna be super fast, but we are gonna build a 72 hour kit um, as a group so that if something happens in your area, and you have to grab and go, you have the things that you need for those first 72 hours so that you can get sorted and, and hopefully get back to, you know, wherever you need to be. Um, so it's not going to be huge, but we're going to go through week by week. And we're going to talk about one element of a 72 hour kit that you should have. And then you have that week to, either buy that need or some things they will, it'll be something you have to prepare um, so that you can, at the end of the challenge, have this kit that's ready to go and grab and um, be ready for if some kind of disaster were to unfortunately hit. Yeah. And the first week was water. So I know that, you know, what was the water that you told people to how much to have and yeah. so that they can get caught up with you so they can yeah. start so the second week with you. Um, for, for our first week, it was water. Um, we talked about how, uh, if you, if you are saving water at your house, you should have about three gallons per person. But if it, if it's for your kit and you have to grab and go, they, um, they recommend having a half a gallon of water per person in your family. So our challenge this week was for just the half a gallon of water per person in your family. Um, you're just going to collect that and set that aside. And then that will be something that you can add to a grab and go kit um, if you need to in the future. So what's next week's challenge? Because this is probably right when they're going to start to be listening to things. So, um, so week two, we're going to talk about um, the water, a water cleaning alternative. So if you can't carry all your water with you, this will be something that you can have with you. Um, if you have to clean water from a lake or a stream or something along those lines. Um, so we're going to work on getting uh, something along that. And I, I will just discuss uh, some various options that you can have that are lightweight that you can have in your pack um, to bring with you so that you can have a water alternative um, with you. In your water pack. is so important. And that's why, you know, this last little bit, I was like, okay, we have this water store, but how are we going to make sure it's all clean. And I have a whole swimming pool, but how am I going to make sure that that's clean? And yeah, it's like, we have these things. And so, um, I want you guys to all hop on over to Courtney's. Um, you want to tell us what it is again, your, your Instagram account. 
Um, it's called Bushel and a Peck Homestead. And it has underscores in between each thing, right? Any periods? Oh, it has periods. That's right. It has periods in between each word. So just go in there, go to Instagram and start following her. And you will be amazed of the wealth of knowledge that she is just offering and sharing to all of us. So thank you, Courtney. And I know that we're going to have you back on the podcast again, because there's going to be more things that we want to dive deep into. Maybe we can talk about more about your beekeeping journey or your gardening journey or, you know, planting your vegetables here and things like that. There's going to be a lot of things that we can um, pick your brain about and you can bless our community. So thank you. And um, if you need, any of you guys want to dive deeper into health and things like that, remember we do have the Be Healthy Utah Natural Health and Wellness Conference. It's coming up April 22nd and 23rd in Sandy, Utah at the Mountain America Expo Center. And we can, learning to be able to prepare um, with our health is so important. Our health is so important. So um, that's another aspect of preparing. And so go over to BeHealthyUtah.com and you can see that too. But Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. And we are so glad that you are part of our community. And hopefully you can continue to be part of our community. So thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. We need your wisdom, your experience, and your love. So click on over to preparewithustoday.com and let's prepare together. We cannot stop the disasters ahead, but we can fortify our cities by putting up watchmen, building strong forts, dig ditches, strengthen our armies, and arm ourselves with power. Because when you are prepared, then you can be used to bless others. So let's do this together.